0: In this podcast, I'm going to talk about why negative cash flow properties are a bad idea. Stay tuned. This is an important issue that's sweeping our country. Let's get started.
1: Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. A psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks, and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom, how to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck.
0: So let's talk about cash flow. What is it? And what does it mean for you if you're an investor? So let's assume for a moment you buy a property and the property costs you for the sake of this discussion, $200,000. And after you pay absolutely all your expenses, and that includes mortgage, uh, taxes. You have a little bit aside for vacancy. You have all of the things taken care of. You actually have cash in your pocket. Now, that can range anywhere from, a two, if you have a $200,000 property, it would be great if you had, say, $500 a month in cash flow. That means that your tenants are paying off your building and you're meeting all your obligations to the bank and to everybody else. And at the end of the day, you have $500 in your pocket. Now, that's per month or $6,000 per year. Now, the beauty of that would be Let's say for that $200,000 property, you put down 20%, which means you put in $40,000 of your own money. Now, you may have gotten that money by saving, or you may have gotten that money from uh, perhaps a line of credit that you have in your business, wherever it came from. So you've you've put in $40,000. You're going to get $6,000 back from that return. So that's actually a 15% return on the $40,000 you invested. And sorry to get you a little numb to start off with numbers here, but the remaining amount of money or $160,000 would have come from the bank on the mortgage. So after you pay off all of those bills, a positive cash flow property would mean that you have money in your pocket. So today, as we look around the country, Canada and the United States, There are uh, different places or parts of the world where getting a positive cash flow property are almost impossible. Now, that's if you use that kind of a ratio. Now, if you put all the money down, let's say you've won a lottery or you've aged and you've got a lot of money in the bank. If you pay $200,000 cash for that property, you're going to have some cash flow, hopefully, because you don't have a mortgage payment. So the significant part to this investing process is the amount you get or have to pay for your mortgage. Once you pay that off, then you should be in a situation to collect some incredible cash flow. But in my example today, I want you to assume that you're only putting 20% down. So when you look at those numbers, to why is it a negative cash flow if you're putting 20% down? And why on earth would you buy it? So if we look at Toronto or Vancouver, The only reason people, well there's a number of reasons, but the main reasons people would buy a negative cash flow property is that they believe somewhere down the line they're going to be able to sell that property for more than they're buying it for. So it's very much a situation uh, of, of, of capital asset appreciation. They believe it's going to go up in value. Now meanwhile, they have to feed the beast. So this property continues to take money from them. It can be taking it from other cash flow properties or as is the case in Toronto, I've read about some condo owners where they work all day at their jobs and they take some of that money and they support those condo payments because even when they rent it out at the inflated high rates of of rent that they're charging today, can be $2,000 plus for a very tiny one bedroom apartment, they still can't make their payments and they have to add money to it. Now, we have never, I can't remember ever buying a negative cash flow property, even when rates were 18% um, and higher. Um, We just don't buy them. And I don't recommend that anybody would buy them because they're not giving you the full advantages of owning a real estate investment. The other thing you need to think about is as property, if properties don't go up, let's assume for a moment that that 500000 $600,000 property condo in Toronto um, isn't going to go up. In fact, let's say it goes back down. The true value of a $500,000 condo in Toronto that has maybe six or 700 square feet, in my opinion, is probably about $200,000 just on a, on, a, on a valuation of what you can get as far as rents go. So if that property goes down in value, what happens? Well, one of two things. When the mortgage uh, is to be renewed, the bank may come to you or the lender and say, oh, wait a minute, that property that was worth 500,000 when we loaned you that money is now only worth 300, and so we need you to put in some cash because we don't wanna hold that mortgage anymore. That's a serious problem because you may have to come up with money to make up the difference. And the second problem you have is, even if they give you the mortgage, you're gonna continue to have to feed that property with cash flow from other businesses or your salary. Now, sometimes the safety measure is based on the amount of down payment you put down. So if you can get to a 50% down payment, which many of us target in our properties overall, may not be the case when you first buy one, but over, if you average out all of them, if you own more than one, you you try to target a 50% debt to equity, because that uh, amount of loans to the amount of assets you have, because that gives you some some leverage and some leeway in there if, if property prices do, in fact, go down. But cash flow, to me, I mean, I'm an older guy, and maybe this is why. Cash flow, to me, is one of the main reasons why we invest in real estate. It's not capital appreciation. Now, if I think back to when we purchased properties in Waterloo, Ontario, Those properties went up significantly, but I had hoped to hold those properties and well, you know, up to my death, and then whatever other people did with it was their business. But I really felt that they were outstanding cash flow communities, and we were doing very well, and I I loved uh, the city. But a number of things happened, and what happened was the prices went up in a in a crazy way. Uh, and second thing that happened, the second thing that happened was the, the municipality made it more difficult to own these properties by instituting all kinds of licensing for student properties. There became a influx of developers building more and more. And I felt it was just getting to be, when I started counting the skyscrapers and the buildings and people were offering offering million plus dollars for simple lots to build. And I'm talking just a residential lot. It was time to, to sell those properties. Now, the people who purchased them uh again in many cases we're buying negative cash flow properties and that was my signal to get out of that market now today if you're sitting on a negative cash flow property you might wonder well what should you do that, here's a here's a really uh a cheap answer it depends um some people uh you know the, the biggest mistake i've ever made in real estate is selling too soon but it, if you're if you're selling in a if you're holding a negative cash flow property and you have to feed it every month, you start to wonder very quickly is is, is why am I doing this? So so one thing you might want to do is is ask yourself can I maximize the property? So if you have a, a single family dwelling that's a negative cash flow property, you may ask yourself can I add rooms or can I can I duplex it? What would it cost me to do that? Is there any other way I can increase revenue or decrease costs? Uh, I've talked about in previous podcasts where we've looked at putting up uh, solar panels and getting involved in solar because we can then offset the costs of, uh, of electricity. And the return on that right now is in that 10%, 8 to 12, depending on the, the building and how much sun you're getting. But there's an opportunity there for as well. But that's probably not going to uh, impact you significantly if you're in the markets of Vancouver or Toronto. So, In summary, a negative cash flow property means that after all your expenses are paid at the end of the month, you're in a deficit or you don't have enough to meet all your obligations. And sometimes people, particularly young investors, are talked into buying these buildings because the prospect of real estate going up. Well, real estate doesn't always go up. It can go down for many years. It can go down significantly, in my opinion, if there's a bubble as we as we saw or are seeing in Toronto and Vancouver and some other jurisdictions. So be careful. Um, back to my initial question. Um, if I, What would I do if I were owning a negative cash flow property? I would look at, if I couldn't increase the revenue and cut my costs to make it at least a minor sort of, a, even just a break even every month with a little bit of positive cash, I would probably sell that property um, it can be difficult to sell something that hasn't gone up in value as you may have hoped but in the end i mean you need to prepare and be diversified in case the things do happen you need to look at, at parts of the country where where buying positive cash flow is certainly possible and highly recommended i'm dr henry speck for shrink money advice appreciate your comments remember to subscribe on itunes and i look forward to speaking again Next time.
1: You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at AWESound.com. That's A W E Sound.com.